Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show uh, a brother from another mother. I wanted to have him on more, but he out there in the streets doing a whole lot of amazing things. So I'm happy that he's giving us a little bit of time today. Let me welcome the one and only Mr. Jason Wilson. Hello. Hey, hey, Karen. How you doing? I am good. Good to see you. Happy New Always Year. Always good seeing you. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you know, I, ever since the first time you came on, I remember we, you um, you were on the phone and the phone was janky because we were in one of them studios upstairs. It was a nice studio. But, you know, I was like, ah, I want to hear more because you came on to talk about your, your book, bestselling book, of course, Cry Like a Man. And, um, you know, I thought it was important because we, we're in this era of like alpha males and all of this gender stupidity that I feel like in many ways is keeping us from uh, the best relationships we can possibly have with one another and with ourselves, you know, to live up to these, these fake, um, you know, demarcations of manhood and womanhood as if we're not human. And so your book was so powerful and now you're out here doing more. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. Thank you for, again, uh, opening your platform for me to share uh, the message and the mission I believe the Most High gave me. So I truly appreciate it. Before you came on, I was talking about that burning thing, you know, that thing that makes you get up every day. And I feel like mm-hmm. you have that. You know, we were talking about Booker oh, T. Yeah. Washington. And you were telling me in the break that your brother, your brother went to Tuskegee. Come on now. Yes, he sure did. Yes, he sure did. He was uh, the oldest of three. Uh, when my our middle brother was murdered, um, he basically became a covering for me, not only physically, but spiritually. He would take me to get anointed at this church every Wednesday. And I, I didn't really want, I didn't want to go, but he saw something in me, but he also saw my our brother in me. And so he was scared that I was going to go down that path because I had a little of that in me. And so um, what, I'm very what, what thankful is, what to Define what that is, that, that little of that. Um. The rebel, the father wound, my father wasn't, he was in the same city, but wasn't actively in my life. Um, unresolved anger and, you know, the desire to fit in. You know, I wasn't a thug, but growing up in the 70s, especially in the early 80s, you know, the hyper-masculine black male was the gold standard. And so he saw that I had desire to fit in. And we were right in the middle of three popular gangs in Detroit. And all of my friends were in the gang. I never was, but I was just cool with everybody. So he was very concerned because my brother, Larry, the middle one who was murdered, he was very popular. Um, he started the uh, the marching band at Central High School here in Detroit. And he was very influential. And the drug dealers wanted to use his influence to sell drugs. And I don't know how far that went, but eventually he didn't want to do it. And next thing you know, he was found floating in the Detroit River. Mm. So that was my brother's greatest fear of losing me. And uh, of course, that was our mother's greatest fear as well. And here you are. Yes. Living from what I longed for instead of what I lacked. Mm. Uh, Giving, you know, um, you talked about having that fire. Um, What wakes me up when I see news reports of so many of our young sons gunning each other down and seemingly only a few can see that there's a cause and effect to every behavior. And the reason why they grab a gun, the reason why they pull the trigger, we're not dealing with the why. And that's what drives me every day. That what That's what keeps me going um, because I believe that 
when you help these boys uh, understand that manhood is being more than masculine, being more than uh, confrontational. Um, they live full of lives, and I've proved it since 2006 when I started the Cave of Adullam. Yep, and uh, when I started, it was it was crazy, Karen, because at the time there were several boot camp programs and scare straight programs, and I participated even in a, I think about two of them, and I just said, wait a minute, there's no way you're going to be able to help a traumatized boy by re-traumatizing him, and so I went from this this hyper-masculine martial arts program to making the Cave of Adullam a safe space where you learn not only how to fight physically, but also mentally and to be prepared spiritually. And I learned quickly that our boys didn't need to be scared straight. They needed to be healed. Mm -hmm. They didn't need more discipline necessarily. They needed more love. And that's why uh, the Cave of Adullam is still around, but you'll be hard-pressed to find a boot camp program. Who's Adullam? What is Adullam? Is, Where is Adullam? Adullam is a, it's a city in Israel. Um, David, you know, David and Goliath, we all know the story of him fighting Goliath. Well, he was running for his life from a King Saul who was jealous of him. And he ran into this cave at Adullam. And it's called the Cave of Adullam because it wasn't just a random cave. Many people believe that, but this was a cave many of the prophets sought to hear from the Most High. And David, uh, history tells us that he went to this cave and 400 men who were discontented in debt and distressed with life came to him and he became their captain. And so what we do here in the cave of Adullam, we create that safe space, that refuge where you can be trained, uh, taught and transformed into uh, a mighty man of valor, someone who will be able to deal with all the pressures of this world without succumbing to your emotions. Mm. So before you started this, right, because you you were already in, do we call it martial arts? What do yes, we call I was, this? Yeah. Do we it's, call it martial arts? What do we call this? It's, well, I was in martial arts and the Cave of Adullam utilizes martial arts as one of its tools to help teach, train, and transform boys. So martial arts is good. Okay. When did you like Eureka, you know, after going through these, to visualize what it is that you wanted to do? First, something had to be done in your spirit. Something had to be transformed in you to be able to put this out to impact these kids. What, what was that work, Jason, as we, mm. as we plan out our year, you know, it's not really plan out the years, plan out your life. Uh, mm. But we're going to break it into 40 day increments here on this show. What was the work that you did? Well, in 2006, I was far from the man I am now. Um, however, I was never the one who enjoyed talking. I'd rather do it. I'd rather keep my hands to the plow and fix the problem instead of looking at it. And so it was that desire. Uh, and of course, my faith in the most highs, he was calling me to redeem these boys. And I know what it feels like to not everyone to tell you that you should be a man, but you don't have a man patiently teaching you how to be one. And so I wanted to be what I didn't see. And that's how it started. It It truly came from a longing to give boys, especially my son, what I've always wanted. Instead of complaining about what I wasn't given, I created it. That's the message this this year in Bond. Um, so now this is going to be immortalized in a documentary. Well, it has already. It is actually, did it win the best documentary feature at the Tribeca Film Festival? Did it already do that, Jason? Yes, uh, yes, June 13th, yes, June 13th it won best 
uh, documentary feature, first place audience award, and best editing for a documentary. Okay. Now, people who want to watch this, what will they see? And, uh, you know, walk us through why this mm. was, you know, and like, how did this even come about? Like, who's, let's put a, let's put a camera in to film this. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2016, a video went viral of me helping a young boy uh, navigate through his emotions when he couldn't break one of the boards for a test we had here in the cave of Adullam. And I simply dropped to one knee and said, son, it's okay to cry. We cry as men. And that video has over 300 million views now. At the time, I was reached out by reached out to by at least three Hollywood producers, and only one of them I really felt comfortable going with. His name was his name is Roy Bank, and make a long story short, he came across Lawrence Fishburne, and Lawrence Fishburne, when he saw what's called the sizzle reel, was just moved so deeply that he had to get involved to make this story seen, you know, throughout the world, and that's how everything happened. Um, the documentary is. Of course, it's focused on me, of course, and the Cape of Adelum. But what we love about it is that it dives deep into the lives of four of my students. And you get to finally see that there's a cause and effect for every behavior. Unfortunately, you know, in many school systems, of course, we know in law enforcement and in the court systems that a lot of our boys are even just, you know, written off as just animalistic and i forgot one stat yes by the uh, american psychological association that said black boys are considered by adults uh more animalistic and older and less innocent than white counterparts so what happens is when you see the cave of adullam you see humanity like you had mentioned earlier and it's, it's a blessing when i get calls and well i've stopped in public when I'm traveling or in my own city from people of different ethnic backgrounds, hugging me, thanking me for exposing, you know, this narrative that's not accurate. And so, and also uh, a lot of parents have been testimony, testifying that they have stopped yelling at their children and learned to sit down and communicate. Um, when we lose that part of our humanity, you know, your kids yelling I forgot one of my psychotherapists compared it to a certain a child of the age, six and younger, is like hearing a gunshot wound. I mean, a gunshot go off. And so I had to stop yelling. I was, you know, a friend would call me and my wife the hollerers, you know, <laughs> literally, instead of the Wilsons, because we would yell instead of just communicating love and have patience with our children. And to stop demeaning or dismissing what they call stress is nothing. You know, one thing we do as parents say, well, wait till you get a job, wait till you, you won't pay no bills. That's so dismissive. And then we wonder why suicide at this time right now is the highest amongst African-American boys ages 11 and under. And so, and actually African-American men are leading as well right now. And so we have to um, open up our hearts, stop being dismissive and understand that boys and men are more than masculine. We are to be comprehensive men, men who are courageous but compassionate, strong but sensitive, men who can freely live from the good in their hearts instead of their fears. And so that's what this documentary does. It shows the softer side to a man. And, and I love that uh, it's showcasing one of the parents in the cave. He's a single father. You rarely get to see the challenges a single father has. And he stood in there and did a, an amazing job. And everyone will be encouraged once, once you see this documentary. And I want to challenge us on the language. Is it the softer side or is it the stronger side to show your emotions? Is it strength 
versus being soft. You know, we, we have these, these, these tropes. I, I want to call them tropes because they're not rooted in anything tangible or real, you know, that we apply to ourselves. And I, I'm going to say it like this. I call it the drag queenification of things, you know, because shout out to the drag queens. I love them. Uh, but they're not women, right? And they won't say that they are, you know, it is a entertainment form where the wigs are really big and the lashes are really long and the heels are really high and everything. The makeup is this thick. It is a, a, a caricature, but it's also theater. It's art. It's all of that. Right. But women now are trying to be drag queens. And that is off, you know, and we're going to business because this is how you're supposed to be in business, you know, and it's greed is good and all of this, all of these things, but you're, you're being a facsimile of something or a caricature of something that doesn't, it's not, you know, it's, it's strange to me. So even this thing where you don't own anything in your neighborhood, but you are going to be out there with your guns fighting over turf that you don't own or control, you know, <sighs> hello. So is it soft to be in touch with your emotions or is it, is it strong to be in touch with your emotions, to be sensitive, to understand what it means to be a human being and to extend that love and grace to somebody else? Is that strength? Um, I, I believe it's being human. Um, so when you say soft, it's like when you start uh, categorizing, you know, when you start using masculine and feminine, when you start, saying that some emotions are masculine and some are feminine, well, that means if I'm a nurturer, I'm feminine. If I'm long-suffering, I'm feminine. If I'm tender, I'm feminine. Feminine. That's not accurate. I'm human. I have to be able to express all of the God-given attributes for me to be a comprehensive man. I often tell when my mother um, um, uh, had dementia before she passed, I was just a masculine male at the beginning of the journey. I would provide for, I would protect her against uh, pharmaceutical companies trying to rip her off or doctors who was quick to write uh, psych medication without knowing her story. However, I quickly learned for me to care for her. I had to be more than masculine. I still had to be the protector and provider, but also had to be the nurturer, caressing her scalp when her thoughts were just bombarding her, massaging her feet just to get her to calm down, wiping her, cleaning her face when the caregiver couldn't do it. And so those things, it's not neither masculine or feminine is called being human. And so as long as we keep categorizing these God-given emotions, men will continue to have the crayon box with just eight and women will have the 64. And we can't color all aspects of this life with just eight crayons. And I see it, I talk to men every day who are on the edge of jumping. I mean, literally right at the edge because they're not tired of living, they're tired of not living. And no one just wants to be looked at for what we can do. We want to be valued for who we really are. Mm -hmm. And the only way that can happen is for us to truly express these emotions that we really feel without fear. And um, that's just what I believe and that's what I've seen. And especially from the thousands of men who've read my books, who transparently reach out and share their stories. Like literally, if they hadn't came across my book, they were going to kill themselves because they thought it was something wrong with them wanting to be a gardener, for instance. You know, some of the greatest warriors in martial arts were gardeners. And so we have to shatter this perception of what it means to be a man and actually be a human. Amen. Uh, Jason Wilson is here. The book that he's talking about is Cry Like a Man, uh, Fighting for Freedom from Emotional Incarceration. 
and the documentary, which kicks off tonight at 9.30 on ESPN Films, uh, produced by Lawrence Fishburne, called The Cave of Adullam. Is your methodology duplicatable? Can a system be built around it, Jason Wilson? Absolutely. That's one of our, our prayers. Our, we pray it every day here at our nonprofit. We get calls every day, Karen, for us to scale it, not only just in the United States, but across the country. We have people here wanting to fly from Ghana just to learn what we're doing here. And I uh, also have a, 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 my latest book is called Battle Cry, and that's teaching men how to wage and win the war within. So Cry Like a Man is my memoir of how to break free from emotional incarceration, but Battle Cry is actually teaching men how to stay free. And then just for clarity, it comes on ESPN, their news channel tonight. So once you check your local listings, check for the ESPN news channel. But if you have ESPN Plus, you can actually stream it right now. But to answer your question, yes, that's our desire. We're trying to finalize the curriculum now. But as you know, it can be expensive. So we're always accepting donations and trying to get funding to really hire the right people to make this possible. Well, let's stay in touch. Um, Thank you. Which we will. You know, we're going to stay in touch, Jason Wilson. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Karen. What you're doing uh, is too amazing. We're going to make sure that it all happens. Uh, we need to build systems. Systems mm-hmm. will beat institutions. We're going to break down the institution of oppression with systems, and this is an, a powerful one. The Cave of Adullam, uh, ESPN Plus, ESPN News, tonight at 930 Cry Like a Man, Battle Cry, which is now available. We're going to tweet all that out. Thanks for coming Thank in today. Thank you, Karen. I truly appreciate you and your work and your voice. Thank you. Man, thank you. Mr. Jason O. Wilson is where you can follow him and at Cave313 on the Twitters. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.